friends, family, church. We're hanging on to joy here at Rosedale. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? Not only in the confines of this community, but in the larger world as well. If you are visiting with us for the first time this morning, we are so blessed by you today and we welcome you. We've experienced some significant loss as a community in the past couple of weeks, but we're hanging on to Christ through it all and we hope you have a place to do the same. If you happen to be seeking a home congregation and visiting here for the first time just to see what we're all about, we would love to have you consider RGPC being your place of refuge in the midst of storms of the storms of life. If you are visiting here with a family or friend, it is our hope and prayer that you have a church home that helps you hang on to joy when need be as well. So we are hanging on to joy here at Rosedale because the figurative rains are coming down and the winds are blowing and the air is cold, yet we're hanging on to joy because we have been blessed with this community who puts so much energy and time into serving Jesus Christ by serving each other. I stand in awe of all of you today after watching and listening to you grapple with your own personal grief, yet set it aside to be the body of Christ and to step up and literally serve strangers and minister to each other along the way. And you'll all be doing that again in the weeks to come. As laser focused as I feel we have been to our Rosedale community, I would have to imagine many of us are also greatly affected by the events taking place in our country and in the world around us. From devastating wildfires in Australia, to the impeachment of the president, to increased tensions in the Middle East due to the death of General Soleimani, to the missile attack on a civilian Ukrainian jetliner. Tensions are high. Unrest is palpable. Heartbreak is visible. Questions are unanswered. And frustration is mounting. So you know that old saying about never mixing religion with politics? Well, my friends, I think it's time to start crossing that line. There may be days when we wonder if our elected officials are so busy waging war against one another and trying to out-argue the other side of the aisle that they have forgotten their oaths of office and the people that they serve. We have a human being who serves in the role of president, whose rhetoric is cringeworthy at times and gut-wrenching. Yet he is a human being, a human being who thankfully is serving within the confines of our brilliant constitution that limits his power and authority. And in my personal opinion, I believe at times both the right and the left get it wrong when it comes to the president, and I believe at times they both get it right. A pastor by the name of Greg Bryant, who is about to begin his second year of his doctoral studies, and as a student of mine at Ecumenical Theological Seminary in Detroit, recently posted this on his Facebook page, and he gave me permission to quote him this morning. Pastor Greg says this, I don't have it all together, never will, this side of glory. Maybe I'm off. 
but I must admit that something in my soul has been greatly disturbed about the church's response to the president we have. To the right, there has been everything from a puzzling, complacent complicity to a ribald, almost worshiping support for a man woefully unprepared to serve in such a noble and high office. To the left, there is the daily self-righteous rhetoric which snarkily dehumanizes a very flawed man as the devil, a behind-every-lie boogeyman, an everywhere-present demagogue bigger than God and responsible for all the country's ills. Forgetting what Professor Dyson has said, Frankenstein is not the monster's name, but the name of the one who created him. As sabers rattle, should not people of faith repent? Pray for the nations, including Iran and Iraq, for the peace of Jerusalem, the president we have, as we work, speak, and cry out for protection, deliverance, and justice, as we make diligent preparations to go to the polls again. I was challenged by Pastor Greg's reflection, and my soul has not been able to let go of the challenge he put forth and his questions to the church since. I'd like to think that it's time that we as followers of Christ start being bold in our faith and to do our parts to change the narrative. It's time, my friends, for us all to start using the rhetoric of God and to do so knowing this one simple truth. God is neither Democrat nor Republican. The Republican Party nor the Democratic Party have any more of a foothold in heaven than the other. There are so many narratives going on out there, so many arguments rather than conversations, so many voices speaking up and speaking out, and often people feeling like they have the right to speak on the behalf of whole people groups rather than solely for themselves. And people speaking without having the facts because they can and because others are listening to them. So my question is, who is listening to the church and are we saying anything that they would want to listen to? And when I say church, I mean the body of Christ, so no one is off the hook here. We have the pulpits of our everyday lives to speak God's truth to those around us, to show his love to those in our midst, to boldly declare with all that we are that Jesus Christ is the answer. What are we saying? What is the message that we are giving? I believe we have to answer that for ourselves as Christians and answer it through the lens of what we know to be the teachings of Jesus Christ. But what is keeping us from declaring that message? We should no longer want the church to remain silent, yet when the church speaks, let us hope and pray that it does so only after getting all the facts together and discerning God's word and seeking his heart on the matter and not listening to partisan officials or biased media or actors with an opinion or a neighbor with a social media platform. Like theologian Karl Barth once said, take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both, but interpret newspapers from your Bible. So how do we challenge authority as, a Christ, as Christians while also supporting those in leadership positions? We do so with God's word. Jesus challenged the political and religious authorities of his day by posting challenges to them with the scriptures always as the basis. 
and we do so with prayer. As Christians, we have been implored by God to pray for our leaders, and I get that that is hard, and it's not something that some of us want to do. But that is how we will support the office of the President of the United States, not because we agree with the man filling the office, but because we are in obedience to God. This is how we will support our elected officials and governmental leaders, not because we agree with their stance on certain issues, but because we are in obedience to God. The NRSV translators of our Micah passage from today title that section that Daniel read as peace and security through obedience. When we obey God and his teachings and put his word into practice first, then we shall have the security and peace of mind that we seek. Micah says, God will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. And when that happens, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. All the nations will walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever and ever. We, my friends, will walk in the name of the Lord, our God, forever, because he is our peace and he is our true hope, especially as turmoil in our lives increases, as the distrust of our leaders increases, as the unpredictability of what tomorrow will bring increases when we can't stop devastating wildfires from burning, when we can't stop people from passing away too young, and when we can't keep evil at bay, we can turn to the truth of the love of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus himself told his disciples that life was going to get rough. The earth will groan with famine and earthquakes and there will be war and rumors of war and believers will be persecuted for their faith and persecuted for standing up for the gospel. And love will grow cold and hatred will increase. Yet the gospel of the kingdom, which is Christ's gospel, which is the good news of mercy and salvation, when this gospel is preached, then it will serve as a testimony to all nations and peace will prevail, and nations will no longer take up sword against nation, and the mouths of kings will be closed. When Jesus said these things to his disciples, he was only days away from being beaten and crucified, and only days before, he was turning over the tables of the temple courts as a way to get the people's attention because they had turned their attention away from God. My friends, everything must begin and end with God made flesh through Jesus Christ. It cannot begin with Hollywood. It cannot begin with any political party. It cannot begin with the news media. It cannot begin with social media, but must begin and end with God. The God we know and understand through the scriptures. The God we know and understand through the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Through him is where we find our moral compass, and through him is where we find true peace and the best content of our character. We don't serve in the halls of government. We are not policymakers. 
We are certainly not the judge and jury, but we are Christ followers. And in turn, that makes us peacemakers and neighbor lovers and foot washers and servants and teachers and preachers and healers and food bringers and prayer warriors and table turner overers. Because when sables, sabers start rattling, when political leaders use their pulpits to degrade or divide, then it's time for the disciples of Christ to start turning over tables to get people's attention to the real truth set before us all. And that is God is God, we are not, that Christ is on his throne and his teachings of love for neighbor and self is the only truth this world needs to know. Hang on to the joy of Jesus Christ, my friends, because life is a bumpy ride and there is no better handhold to have than him. Amen.